0: Welcome to the 4th edition of The Clash Act with myself, Eddie Scalley, and Kilkenny Hurling legend, Aidan Taggy Fogarty. Aidan, how are you? Eddie, how are you doing? I'm, I'm very good, Aidan and I tell you, I'm in very, very good form and buoyant form. I predicted to you last week that Kilkenny would win the Camogie All-Ireland and I also predicted to you that Limerick would hammer Waterford in the All-Ireland Hurling final that it wouldn't be a close game. So I'm like the cat that got his screen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't doubt you for a minute, Eddie. I didn't doubt you for a minute. Uh, in fairness, you got the, you got the Camogie right. Um, there are 14 title. Uh, it was a phenomenal display, wasn't it? it was brilliant um, like you, you, you
0: I, I still think and I know that the players didn't make a whole lot about it you, you said it to Kate the last time we were talking they were going in and I don't want you to use the cliche but they were going in with baggage there like they, they'd they lost a couple of All-Ireland finals in a row and I thought I could see it in a lot of the players' faces at the full-time whistle the release of the pressure and yeah. to me it's it was when that full time whistle went and I could see how much it meant and it's not just winning the All-Ireland how much it meant to the likes of Denise Gall to the likes of Colette Dormer the likes of Grace Walsh that have been you know playing in that team and losing them games I was just thrilled for them and even Brian as well at the full time whistle to see the sheer emotion he dropped his knees you could see the tears in his eyes I'll be honest I was nearly crying myself and I'm a proud Wexford camogie man so <laughs> it was a strange one for me but I know from talking to any of the girls that there was involved in Wexford they were absolutely thrilled for them
1: Yeah absolutely yeah. and uh, you mentioned you mentioned him there Brian Dowling uh, Eddie um, has to take great credit for what happened on Sunday I think
0: like it can be understated sometimes. I mean, like you, you've you managers on teams and, and I, I've often, and I'm a big fan and an advocate of it, that you know, the manager puts the jerseys on the players and sends them out in the field and the players win the All-Ireland titles. But to me, I think Brian Dowling, what he'd done in the last two years really with them, the, the, the style of hurling he has them playing, the way he has them working. But the biggest one for me was the management of that game on Sunday, whether it's whether it's Brian or if it's the backroom team Tommy Shefflin or or Pat O'Neill or, or any of the rest of the backroom team, whichever way Brian ultimately puts that whole team together, he's yeah. the boss. But the matchups, I was I was so frightened. I said it to you the last time we were talking that you know when we played Galway previously in championship matches, you're looking at their team and you're saying God, who's going to pick up this one or who's going to pick up that one? You know, if it do who Kilkenny or the two to jump off the page to me, but but Brian got all of these calls so right, and then there was such a mix of young girls coming in to that team, like to do what he's done in his first season as a manager of a of a senior commodity team. I I I couldn't have any more admiration for him. I think he's an absolute gem and I hope that people appreciate how brilliant his performance has been this year as that manager.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was full of emotion and the whole team was you could see the emotion and there was an emotional display I felt. Like For the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I thought Galway were a little bit on top. As you said rightly, they were a physical, physical team and they were throwing everything at Kilkenny. And Kilkenny... They looked kind of even at kind of last gasp but getting in tackles. But they hung in for a long time and then they started to gain momentum. And as you said, the Neve Kilkenny's, the Carry Dolan's, the Ashley O'Reilly's, all these kind of big game players for, for Galway were nullified. And it was the youth of Kilkenny. Now, I know they had a, a, a good mix. In fairness, they had a good mix. But I felt the, the youth, the Mary O'Connell, the E. Fadile, the Katie Nolans. And if you look at teams over the years, um, you know, teams can go stale kind of too late. You lose too much, and then next thing, everyone goes, backroom team goes, and everything. But Brian kind of just mingled, mingled in the youth with with the experience. Now I know he had injuries as well, but at the end of the day, it was actually the youth that kept him in the game for a lot of the, a lot of it.
0: Definitely, like I got a text message during the game, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not calling out players, and I, I'd never do that. I'm not being unfair, but I got a text message from one of my friends saying, "What way do you see it going now, half time?" And I mm-hmm. said to him, "I think Kilkenny are going to win because the the room for improvement." from the first half Galway had played very very well and I felt Denise Gall Anne Dalton um, you know Meg Farrell uh, I thought there was more in them particularly Anne uh, and Denise now to be fair to Anne Dalton there was a man marking job yeah. done there the, the Galway centre forward had dropped back to yeah. pick up Anne Dalton and against and each other
1: full forward lane wasn't getting ball and that's where Denise Gall was 100% and, and I
0: think it's very easy, like you know yourself, Taggy, if you're up playing corner forward and the ball's not going up to you, it's very easy for Eddie Scalley or Shane or anybody sitting in the stands to say, yes, Taggy's having a nightmare. But sure, if the ball's not going into you. But I do, I, I felt at half time there was a couple of little moves that Kilkenny could make that, it, you know, you have to bring these into the game. Now, Denise Gall drifted out the field yeah. at the start of the second half and again, you know, and this is where the credit's coming into it. Brian, obviously seen that, made that call, brought him out there. Grace Walsh, midfield, Unbelievable Oh Like I, 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 She got that point I wouldn't say I know by her reaction To getting the point It's not something That Grace Walsh does regularly She's getting slagging um, there For the last few days say, oh. I, I suppose what's seldom Is wonderful <laughs> sometimes But, yeah. but I, I kind of knew When she'd hit the, the Strike at the post I kind of said You know This isn't Her modus operandi But it was a great strike And a great point But she She was given a job Of of say Holding Aoife Dunahoo And, and trying to keep her Out of the game mm-hmm. I, I, I assumed that was The game plan there but what ended up happening was she won that battle and then took over and this girl had to chase her around Crow Park.
1: Yeah, she was nearly playing too well, you know, and she was holding her marker and then she went in midfield and I know it was uh, Aoife Dyle got man of the match at four points, but Grace Walsh, for me, the work the work she'd done in the first half and then she just opened it up in the second half. She went into midfield and the runs she was making, she was making direct runs but she was getting the hooks, she was getting the blocks. It was a phenomenal display by her. It was oh, absolutely brilliant. Literally,
0: and I, like, I think sometimes the scorers, you know, do win win the awards and the accolades because they do that. And I'm not taking anything away from Aoife Doyle's performance. You know, yeah. player of the match, well-deserved four points in her first ever All-Ireland final. It was a great performance. But, but Grace Walsh, I think the point that she got was the catalyst for Kilkenny to kick on and the whole momentum was building and I just felt her performance in midfield was, was, was brilliant. And like it could have been so easy for Kilkenny they dropped their heads earlier in the game. Uh, the, the goal with goal, if you, if you watch the goal with goal again, it was very similar to the goals that we conceded in last year's all Ireland Final. The ball went in, Arla McGrath, she kind of it was probably the only time in the whole game she got the better of Davina Tobin, I think it was, on that one and she turned in and she blasted it to the net. Now, you know, it wasn't Davina's fault, it was breakdowns yeah. further out the field. But the heads could have dropped at that point, the here we go again type of a thing. Mm. But it didn't. And I think once they got in at half-time, I think there must have been cam heads. Let's let's set ourselves up, make a couple of changes around the field, and kick on from it. And 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 that's why I I accept the players do it on the field. But but obviously Brian done a little bit of homework at half time and said let's let's change this around. But you know it was it was brilliant after that. I I the, really really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and the thing you said there, I right, I thought they were playing they were playing well, and I think the team themselves knew it. And you said a half time maybe dropping their heads, but you know when you're in a team and you know you're doing your best, and you know you're fighting hard, and you know you're being, like, going in for every challenge. I think they actually knew that, and I knew, Galway were, were coming at them, but they were holding them, and they were they were upsetting them, like, they scored three goals, in last year's All-Ireland, and they only got one, this time, but Kilkenny missed, three opportunities Eddie, like, Goal. There were open goal chances. To be fair, like one of you, yeah. you know, she she had a goal score before she dropped the ball. The There's no one. She it was um dial put it over the bar. It was definitely definite chance. So they could have been seven or eight point winners.
0: Yeah, I, I like this is the thing. I I, I know at the full time whistle they won the game by by three points in the end, but it, it wouldn't have flattered them to have won that game by seven or eight points. Yeah, right. It's 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 something it happens a lot with younger players it definitely happened with me when I was playing it probably never happened with you you were far too good but <laughs> there's a ball coming in and you know that the cornerback has made the move too quick it's going to beat him it's coming to my hand and I'm straight in here. And you're already thinking about I'm burying this. And next thing the ball hits your hand and it's gone and someone clears it. And and that's what happened, I'd say. That's what happened. She absolutely was a step ahead of herself. Absolutely.
1: She had it buried in the back of the neck, but she actually just forgot the simple thing of catching the first.
0: Yeah, and it was unlucky. And, and the other one as well, like, I, I don't think, like, looking at the striking action from Aoife when she went in straight on goal at them, she went for the point. I don't think she went for the goal. It was five yards over the bar. If she went for a goal, she really mishit it. She did,
1: yeah. No, she, <coughs> I don't know. Like, she, she blasted it over the bar. I just feel as a, as a as a player myself, um, that opportunity, that much time, she had to be going for a goal. I just think she had I think she, she, she too much adrenaline going to her head. She had too much time on the ball and and just struck it struck it over the bar. But um, in in fairness, you mentioned we mentioned the backs already, and I think uh, Philly Larkin and Pat O'Neill in the backroom team there. And I've marked Philly Larkin before, and he, he is a tough tough competitor, and I just felt the Camogie backs that day, there was just a, a mental steel about them and there was a bit of rawness about them. They were in their faces. They were, they were a little bit on the edge and that's the way Philly played and Pat O'Neill the very same.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I definitely... The, the one thing... like Kilkenny have a number of players that'll always bring a bit of steel? Colette Dormer will always have that bit of steel. Davina Tobin, they all look like real nice... People <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah.
1: standing off the side of the pitch after <laughs> Matt Manager. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs>
0: but like these these yeah. these these girls they'll, they'll get stuck in. And I think I think you're you're dead right. Um Philly Larkin and Pat Nolan, like it was all through the year it was it was the one constant that was coming out of any team that played against Kilkenny was the tenacity of the backs, the tackling, the harrying, hunting in packs. Yeah. You know, that they, 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 they didn't give you a second on the ball. And I think testament to that team, like you've players on that Galway team, like Sarah Durvin, Hannah Cooney, um, Carrie Dolan throughout the year this year, uh, in particular, and then obviously Aoife Dunneu and Neve Kilkenny, th- they were completely blown over. Uh, yeah. On 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 Saturday, it was just it really was. You know, there'll be lots of times in Brian Dowling's career that he'll be accused of getting it wrong they got it right on Saturday
1: they got it absolutely right yeah. and uh, you know it was interesting we we're talking about the, the past hurts and stuff and maybe not with the younger girls but some of the older girls kind of talked about it and uh, it wasn't that we had to win this one it was more for themselves that they needed to win it um, j- j- just to get just to get, o- get over that line because uh, it, it would have been heartbreaking to lose the, the four in a row Do you know we I re- I really would have had like but <coughs> we, t- we talk about men's games right we talk about how the men's game has changed and we we'll talk about Limerick uh, later on in the show do you think Moogie has changed a lot in the last couple of years?
0: Ah, yeah, like the the, the rule changes. Like there was a there was an All Ireland final played about two year ago or three year ago. I remember it. Uh, Cork against Kilkenny. Hmm. and I remember watching the match. I was actually in Crow Park, so I, <laughs> I remember really well. Um, uh, Cork that day. It felt like every two seconds the game was stopped for right. a free, and I was sitting there saying, "This is." 37,000 38,000 people at an All-Ireland final it's the showpiece of your year for your sport to show them how great and how fun and how fluid the game can be and it was an absolute it was a shit show to sit back and watch free, 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 free and was that
1: because of the rules back then or was it because of standing the refereeing? It was a mixture of both what you
0: had is you had hurling referees referee in some of the games during the championship so they let certain things go and you'll see that in club championship matches here um, and they let certain things go and then when you get to the All-Ireland final I think on that day the, the referee on the day had a dreadful game uh, number one but number two was th- the rules th- they were just they were too hard to be implemented because the speed and the fitness levels that the, these players have gotten themselves to so allowing them to introduce the shoulder into the game and bringing contact into the game how like if I said to you tomorrow to go out and play a Harlem match but there's no contact. You know, you can't, how the hell can you harry and hassle for balls, especially when you've got two really fit people going for the same ball? Um, so I think the rule changes.
1: In fairness to the Camogie Association, they've
0: yeah, they've they, got they, most
1: of them right. They've went with the times and you've hit the nail on the head, I think there is the condition of the girls now. Um, they're willing to take shoulders. Now, they're probably able to take shoulders back years ago as well, but, it probably just wasn't implemented and it was a free so they didn't do it but now it's the conditioning they're in you know it's dropping the hurl for a hand pass hand pass into the internet the girls game has come on too far for for that kind of, for that kind of hurling for that kind of skill level
0: No definitely and and I think the players themselves were the people that yeah. actively pushed for this to be changed um, and I'll be honest if you'd asked me three years ago if they brought in full contact into the hurling game what teams would it suit Kilkenny wouldn't have been one of the teams that I would have put up there Kilkenny were one of the really nice uh, when I say really nice now, Kenny aren't nice, there were always there was always a bit of cut to them. Uh, but they were one of the nice teams to watch. They played a lovely brand of Hurland. Yeah, Galway would break a hurling half and, and and on the back of your head. Wexford will happily do it to you. Cork, 100 percent I would have thought when this was brought in that Cork could just win the next yeah. five All Irelands back to back. And what's happened is the the players have improved their own conditioning. They've they've embraced it and I, I, I genuinely felt it was a brilliant game on Saturday it could have been better there was you know I think both teams probably played within themselves for long periods of the game and there was a lot of nerves nerves yeah um, but, but I still thought it was a, a superb game and come on five minutes to go I, I, I have to I have to bring it up five minutes to go penalty Denise Gall standing over a penalty you're drawn
1: it reminded me of the 2009 <coughs> men's are Ireland with Henry so it's the same kind of scenario I looking at these I was like this is a huge huge score what would what would you have done there yourself? And and be straight, honestly, what would you have done? Goal. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No, do, 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 right, if you... I'm going to tell you again, and this is back to... I've got to give more credit to Brian Dowling. <laughs> there is no question in my mind that this was... If if Denise Gall didn't pick up the ball it's I'm going do to blast you think this... Do Denise
1: Gall asked Brian Dowling what to do?
0: 100%. I think, I think there would have been in some way, shape or form to be at least a look to the line. And, and that's something that's happened with me with teams throughout yeah. the years. And I don't mean what do you want me to do, boss? I mean... You know, I'm not going to go for a goal if they're telling me, put it over the bar. Um, You know, it's a team game, so I'm sure there was a look to the side. Um, Denise, and I'll tell you why. I possibly, and I would have been wrong, and that's why I'm not managing the Kenny Camogie team, for many other reasons, but that's one of them. But Denise Gall standing up to that penalty, and this is my take on it. If the goalkeeper had saved her penalty, Galway would be the All-Ireland Champions now. I honestly believe that that lift would have been like a score to Galway. The yeah. keeper saves the penalty Kilkenny heads drop a ball goes up the field and Galway stick it over the bar and now you're losing by a point in an All-Ireland final If she buries it in the back of the net you've won the All-Ireland and if she sticks it over the bar you leave Galway in the game So you have three choices and you live and die by one of them
1: I disagree I think I, I, I know where you're coming from but I think say if I I'm just relating it back say, to say 2009 All-Ireland <coughs> we were struggling Tip were probably the better team on the day um, we, we were, it was harder for us to get scores Henry got the goal and then the whole thing opened up because we had a bit of an aura and not again, this kind of a, a Kilkenny thing again. I felt Kilkenny had momentum all through that game. They were gaining momentum and if you look at the the, the, the final quarter, um, the, 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 the water break, I felt Galway looked fierce flat. The manager looked even a bit flat and if you looked at the Kilkenny camp, Ryan Down was very animated but the players themselves they were on their toes they, they were they were—they were jumping they were hopping off each other a bit there was more buzz about them I felt they had more momentum all through the game in the way of a heart and determination and emotion so I felt if Denise had to miss that I felt that they still would have won the game yeah, big, big call and it would have been a huge miss but I just felt the way the game was going and the way. Henry's Kenny penalty
0: was in two thousand and nine, right? Because you brought in that game. That, that two thousand nine is that the famous game where uh, Marty Morrissey interviewed Brian after the That's match the and one. basically said that you know the <laughs> was, referee. Was it a penalty? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he was kind of suggesting. I think a lot of people were suggesting that Kenny got you know they got, got the
1: well they got a bit lucky and maybe got a bit. The referee was probably. Well, it was Richard Power cut the ball and he was brought down by Corn in, in the penalty area and to his ward was awarded as a penalty? And, <laughs> and Marty Marty asked Brian. Uh, was it a penalty and Brian straight away said well do you think there's a penalty and he then did. Ma- Marty went
0: and then Brian said if we're going to look at that one decision we should yeah, look at every decision yeah, exactly. but th- the point the, qu- the question i ask you is the time of Henry's penalty in the 2009 game how much was left on the, on the clock
1: oh god I'd it was about the 55th 58th minute I so think you had about, about
0: 17 minutes allowing for injury time yeah yeah. there was yeah. 4 minutes to go in the Camogie All-Ireland final mm when that penalty was given and Kilkenny who were in the ascendancy were drawn with Galway if they'd have stuck it over the bar they were a point up with yeah. with, with, with three minutes to go uh,
1: look I still think they would have won it the way they were, the were playing <coughs> well the
0: game would have definitely went next time if she stuck it over the bar because they only won my three points well, in the I end so, but <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know but, no but it's, it's, it's I, I just think I just think there's proper balls there now Mm. you know what I mean and I, I listened to Denise being interviewed after the game
1: yeah.
0: uh, they're a breath of fresh air to listen to they someone because there's no filter and not. they say it as it is and like. they
1: just say it is and they're kind of they, I don't know how the girls are a little bit different but they just they just say it out and they're just off the cuff and there's no minding themselves and it's no. it's actually a breath of fresh air and even the hurling on, um, on Saturday evening it was a breath of fresh air it was end to end kind of thing it was, it was tough going it was obviously it was a bit tactical as well but you know towards the men's game has gone very very tactical
0: uh, definitely like like, like you take the 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 Comoghi the setups. You know both teams played with, I wouldn't say out and out sweepers, but they did play with kind of two inside in the forward line for long periods of time. Even Denise coming out into the kind of third midfield area in the second half. It, the game has gone ta- ta- technical and it's gone very tactical. Anyway, but it's it still comes down to. I, I, I say this to everybody anytime anyone asks me what's my opinion on a football match or a Harlem match you can have all the tactics in the world like it still comes down to if I'm marking you and I hold you scoreless I need 13 other outfield players to do the same and we win so I, I still think looking back on the game I really enjoyed it I got a right buzz off it I, I, I thought Again and and I I'll give him every accolade and every chance I get. I'll, I'll promote it and say how brilliant Brian Dowling was. But just on on the, on the interviews after the games, there was a couple of them that I thought, you know, Grace Walsh commenting about once we all get the vaccines and start going <laughs> again, you know, things like that. She'd done her own political broadcast on that. But 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 on the Walsh, Grace Walsh, I, I want you to think the Walsh family. Like they, they're not at the in None of the girls' parents or friends or, or anything can go to the game, and that's that's fine. We're in the time we're in. The Walsh's And it was one of my mates text me kind of late in the game he said you know can he have this now you know it'd be some crack to be in the Walsh house right now and I text him back and said yeah it'd be a right laugh and he said yeah all of their kids will have won an All-Ireland medal in 2020 and I sent back question mark what and then he reminded me Tullerone won the All-Ireland club title in January of this year What's that, January that was January of this year That's so it's been, the, it's been the longest year of all time it feels like about 40 years <laughs> that but, like, yeah, yeah. but that means that every child in that house won an Ireland medal this year Grace finished the set like I mean what a talented family like
1: that is serious going on. and like when you talk about the Welch's, um they're more than just playing Michael Kenny they, they are the biggest club um, people I've ever seen. Uh, Tommy Welsh for his club, um, Pary Welsh, all always promoting his club and club comes first. And you'd see it out there. It's a culture. They're actually kind of the Welshes themselves are kind of building a little culture out in Tullaroan. You know, trying to get young lads to play hurling and to get them out in the field and play the game that they love.
0: Yeah, we were we were at the 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 club All Ireland or the club, uh, Kilkenny County Intermediate Finals last year, Thomastown against Tullerone in last September's uh, Intermediate Final. And and Eddie Doyle were covering it that day with, with KCLR. But we were behind the goal, right behind the goal, when Tommy Walsh bagged his goal late in the game. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, and I know Eddie got more of a buzz off it even than I did because he's a mad diehard Kilkenny Kenny fan and loves Tommy Walsh. Everybody loves Tommy Walsh anyway. <laughs> but he, he he caught the ball. He he, he didn't strike it until he could see the eyes of the goalkeeper and he buried it. There was no saving it, but he, he ran nearly into the crowd And it was just the raw, the scream. I'll never forget it. It was just brilliant. And when the full-time whistle went, his dad ran onto the field and the two of them cried and and hugged each other. And it was, it was just brilliant. Like, they're mad for it. And I know he would have been at the, I I assume he would have been at the the final on, 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 he was definitely at the final on Sunday anyway because he'd be covering it for for News Talk. And I'd say, if if I know Tommy Welch, he'd have ragged somewhere to do something. <laughs> he uh, would have got a linesman <laughs> to, or something started of to, to be there for for yeah, Saturday, but yeah. you know, it's something that should be recognised. I think I I didn't see anything about it in media, anything no, being met amazing.
1: about it. I, I wouldn't say they know Eddie to be honest. Like no. you just forget the year that's in it. You just forget that they're they're, they're on Irish champions. Well, like I can
0: name four watches that won't forget that they have all Ireland champions. <laughs> no, One this year, you know. That's but, for sure. Kenny but but
1: Kimmage, Eddie is, it, is in a good place.
0: Ah, in it. It's oh, uh, it's in a great place, and I think. If, if they can keep that backroom team together, they're, they're building. So you can see all these young players coming back and coming into the team now. And and, and there's a good few players were out injured this year. There's four or five yeah. really household name players. Like, I mean, Katie Power is the one that comes to mind in my head kind of straight away. But like she'll be back next year and she's still young enough for at least three, four, five years at that level. And she's a superb player. Kilkenny, they're in a really, really good place. But, you know, it's only three or four years ago that Kilkenny won the All-Ireland. And then they didn't win it since. And it's, you yeah. know, it's all well and good having it on paper that you, you could do it. But I, uh, uh, if you were allowed to have any team in the country right now in Camogie, obviously you'd want to take Kilkenny. But there'll be a couple of big hurting teams coming back. Galway will be back strong next year, and so will uh, Cork. But Kilkenny is in a great
1: place. And Camogie, like, it is very tight. We're talking kind of off air. You talk about the finals. There's only ever a puck of a ball between them.
0: Yeah. It's, the setup in Camogie makes it impossible for the two best teams not to get to the All-Ireland final mm-hmm. you, you've you have two group stages and then you go to quarterfinals for the teams finishing second and third in each group and the top of each group goes straight through to the semi final. so I would say 99% of the time the two best teams make it to the All-Ireland final yeah. and as a result of the two best teams being in the All-Ireland semi-final you end up with a, a humdinger of a very tight battle
1: and to be fair to Kilkenny they had Waterford, Limerick and Westmead in the group stages and then they played Cork and Galway possibly the two best teams as well in Ireland Cork and Galway. <laughs>
0: Well, this is it. They didn't. They didn't do it the easy way. Yeah. Um, like, like right through the whole of the championship. You know, the group that would have been in. You know, you take that group every day of the week. You know, I'd expect them to win it all the time. But yeah. then, the problem being in the soft group, and no disrespect to the other teams, but the problem being in the soft group, it means you're going to be playing somebody coming out of the tough group. Mm. Um, whereas if you look at Galway in their semi final, Tipperary are an up and coming team. That they'll they'll be there soon. they they'll come. But Galway would have had a much easier semi final and. I think sometimes, you know, you win a semi-final by a point in a real tough battle and a hard game, you're battle hard and going into an All-Ireland final. Whereas if you win a game in third gear going into an All-Ireland final, is it, you know, does it? Did it I, I think the games, the tough games stood the Kilkenny.
1: Yeah, that's true and I think one of the things for Camogie, they play a lot of challenge matches and they wouldn't have had challenge matches this year so they could not, they could not couldn't really gauge it against anything so I suppose Galway beaten tip handy enough in the semi-final they didn't know whether they were going to go well or not as you said Kilkenny had battled hard in the semi-final over Cork dug it out in the end and maybe stood to him in the last 5-10 minutes of the herd No 100%
0: 100% it, it definitely has but look I, I could talk to you about that yeah. match all day long but I think I think we leave it by both passing <laughs> on our, our absolute massive yeah. congratulations to Kilkenny on, on, on what was a a momentous day for them and, and hopefully in three months' time we'll be able to go into Matt the Miller's and we'll be all vaccined and and <laughs> pints out with exactly. them having a homecoming and celebrating it properly. Would you do agree? You
1: do, do you think they'll do you think have a homecoming eventually?
0: I think, they, well they can't have a home. it would be, it looks silly, um yeah. a bus praying through town <laughs> in May, <laughs> May and, the girl, for, for and the girl's getting out hopped off then the following day by <laughs> yeah. Cork in the first round but I think yeah. maybe recognise it somewhere. I, I think maybe a civic reception inside in the town hall. You'll mm-hmm. find that, that group of women, I don't know any of them personally but I'd say if if they're my Wexford counterparts threatened to judge by they'll plan a fairly decent party yeah. anyway when we it passes. we
1: mad anyway when to celebrate.
0: This <laughs> is it they'll, and they'll deserve it too yeah, you know.
1: Exactly. No but we
0: we'll, we'll leave the Camogie aside and I'm actually going to switch we're going to change the format slightly we're going to switch we're going to do the football first uh, we'll have a chat about the football and then we'll, we'll switch back and we'll talk to each other about the All-Ireland Hurling final yeah. um, which was obviously a cracking game but obviously coming up this weekend the showpiece of the Gaelic football season is there and and we're delighted that Roscommon and Connacht football legend Frankie Dolan is going to join us both on the phone and give us a bit of his insight into what we can look forward to in the game.
1: You might know a little bit more than us.
0: <laughs> so delighted now to be joining us on the line is, is former Roscommon footballer and, and Connacht football legend Frankie Dolan. Frankie, thanks a million for taking our call.
2: No problem, lads.
1: Frankie, how are you doing?
2: Good, Taggy. And yourself?
1: Good now, yeah, not too bad at all. Looking forward to a big match on Saturday.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose over the years it's been intrig- a couple of intriguing games and not a lot between Dublin and Mayo. Um Now, have Mayo gone backwards the last few years? Maybe they have. And, you know, have Dublin pushed on a bit? <laughs> they probably have as well. So, um, I just hope it, it goes to the wire. But, If I'd call it straight up right away, I'd be expecting Dolan to win this game by six or seven points, if not more. Yeah, but I hope I'm
1: wrong uh, uh, yeah, you hope I'm wrong yeah. yeah I think the 31 counties nearly hoping, hoping they're wrong but you are saying Mayo possibly gone back but I suppose there, there is new players in the team you know there's Conor Lofsus there's Tommy Conroy these lads bringing pace into the team which we all talk about Mayo's full farley, Mayo' Mayo's pace I think they have a new newcomer in, in, in every line do you think that will kind of re, reinvent this Mayo team I think James Horn is kind of doing this push up tactic do you think their tactics are set up in the best way to play against this Dublin team because a lot of people just hold off Dublin they let them take their kickouts and they mark them then from midfield up but Mayo they tend to kind of push up on on the corner backs and put them under pressure straight away which probably leaves them vulnerable at the back do you you think that's the best tactic to go with? Uh
2: it's so hard to know with this Dublin team. Um is is James was James Horn at the start of the year expecting to be well a couple of months ago be expecting to be in the All Ireland final. I don't think so. Not at not not at this moment with, you know with the new players he's introduced and I suppose with the with the with the draw against um the Munster champions and and Kerry being dumped out by Cork and then Tip dumping Cork out, you know, I, th- I think it opened up things for me all. Um but like when you when you look at James Horn, Mayo, he, they've always been that confidence team that they can go man for man. Sort of like Dublin in a way, you know. Uh, physically strong, you know. You, you say they brought in a couple of good players, young lads, and one player in particular. I was very impressed with is own McLaughlin at wing back. I think he's been a super addition to the to the half back line in Mayo, and he he can. I think he scored one one two the last day. Uh, um, but you know it's, it's it's just going to be intriguing like James Horne has been probably in a privileged position over the years there working with Sky Sports and you know being, being given the opportunity to study this Dublin team and it'll be interesting to see will he have his own tactics to to play this uh, Dublin team on, on Saturday evening and uh, you know I, I hope he brings something new to the table and and uh, and test Dublin like they haven't been tested in a number of years
0: And Frankie just just on the, on, on the James Horan thing before we get into it with the teams uh, there was one of the things I was thinking about today uh, I'm probably the only person outside of the Mayo camp that I, I actually think Mayo I think this is going to be tight and I think I, I, I think the more I think about it, the more I'm hopeful it's tight going into the last five or six minutes of that game. And if it is tight going into the last five or six minutes, James Horns James has been around a long time. He's he's managed the Mayo team before. This isn't his first rodeo, you know? Desi Farrell, maybe I'm being a bit unfair to Desi Farrell, but is he after falling into a Dublin job? Probably, like, if, do you know what I mean, Frank? Is he a little bit green? Like, what, W- would he be more likely to panic with four or five minutes to go in a tight situation than James Horner, or, or do you see that even being an issue?
2: I don't know. It's different, Eddie. Uh, Desi Farrell's been over a number of teams over the last number of years but this is the Dublin senior football team he's over. You know, he's in a very privileged position. I, I You know, I could nearly, I I, I'd nearly managed him myself. You know, <laughs> these guys are serious footballers very, uh, and, and intelligent footballers. Um, and I know what you're saying with James Horn, he's been there there a couple of times as well but um, I don't know I just I just I, I just see with Dublin's score and power and I, I think Brian Fenton this year ha- has been outstanding and Dublin's scoring power their bench that comes off you know the serious men on the bench have, I think they brought Brian Howard Paul Mannion Cormac Costello Colin Basquella on the last day and you know and a an tire me old back line dealing with these lads coming in you know it, it's going to ask serious questions of I just think, I just think the overall power of the full Dublin squad is just going to be too much for this Mayo team.
0: Uh, so, Frankie, if 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 myself and yourself are, are on the line, we're we're taking over from James Horn. We're in charge of the team. Like, you you have to face into the game believing you can win it. Um, I think the Mayo full forward line, uh, Tommy Conroy. Aidan O'Shea at full forward and, and Killian O'Connor, who's, let's call a spade a spade, he's just absolutely a freak at the moment. You know, everything he does is like, is, is it a myth that the Dublin full back line are there for the taking? Like, I mean, I watch Owen Merchant, he's probably one of the best attacking defenders I've ever seen, but I haven't seen him being tested as a defender. I haven't seen him being tested by a corner forward. Like, is he going to pick up Tommy Connery at the weekend? Is Michael Fitzsimons going to pick up Killian O'Connor? Like, are the Dublin full-back line there for the taking, or is that just kind of bullshit that gets fed into the media to make it look like Dublin have a chance of being beaten?
2: No, I think you have a point already. uh I, I, I definitely think you can get at the Dublin full-back line. Like, they've the replaced Filipe McMahon. Obviously, the legs probably aren't what they used to be. Um, I think the big question is, with me, how can they transition from defence to attack? You know, when they turn over the Dublin uh, forward line say... You know, have have they got that outlet that they can move that ball quickly without having to run it and use up so much energy? Can they get the kick pass in, you know, fast ball up the pitch? You know, when there is spaces to be there to be uh, utilizing, and can they get the ball into the likes of Tommy Conroy, who is a who who is a serious young footballer, you know, and he's a serious future ahead of him. And I suppose Killian O'Connor, he scored four nine the last day. I don't think he's going to get a sniff of four nine the next day, you know, but he is. In serious uh, form, and you know, if they can get the ball up to these, lads and, and the likes of Aiden O'Shea use them under the high ball, I think that Dublin full back line—it's an overly great. You know, I know they has been talked about before that they're very dodgy under the high ball, but I wouldn't say they're very dodgy. But I think you can get at them a bit, you know. But I think Mayo have to be able to have to vary their game a bit and, and not be and not be just bombing ball in and top of no O'Shea for the sake of bombing it in, you know. But I just think, I, I, I think the tra- transition, Eddie, from defence to attack, can Meo do that brilliantly, the best they've ever done it, and get good, fast, quality ball up and support runners coming off the shoulder. And I think if they have any hope of winning this game, I think Meo are going to have to hit two, if not three goals, and probably 20-plus points. You know, you look at Dublin. What they've scored over the over the four games, they've scored six ninety. You can know, just... and, and they're scoring twenty plus points a game. Whereas Mio on the other side, you know, to score two fifteen v Leitrim, one sixteen v Roscommon, fourteen versus Galway. You know, and score lines like that against Dublin is not going to win, win, win them uh, an All Ireland final. But like, if they can scored the likes of a five twenty, 20 which did against Tip I can't see it happening but if they could get two or three goals maybe 20-21 points I think they might have a chance
0: well, Just just taking you up on that point Frankie like I, 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 this will stop me going home now forever when I make this comment but is it is it fair to say like it, Ross Common this year in the championship played Mayo and, and in fairness I think like I watched that game Mayo blew them out of the water that day right? Yeah would you fancy Ross Common in a Leinster Championship? Take Dublin out. Would, would you not fancy Ross Common against Westmead, against Kildare, against Mead? Like, I honestly think that the, the Connacht Championship is probably more, you know, Galway would get the Leinster final every year. Um, they'd be in against Dublin if they avoided them. I think Common would get the Leinster final every year and I think Mayo would get the Leinster final every year if they avoided Dublin. So, I, I think it's easy for Dublin to whack up them scores. They couldn't score a goal against Westmead. They played against the Cavan team. Like, and I and I revert back to it. I think Galway, I think Roscommon and I think Mayo would have all beaten Cavan in the All Ireland semi final as well. So, like, th- have Dublin nearly ended up in an All Ireland final without playing a match yet? Uh, <laughs>
2: that's a good question, Eddie. <laughs> and like, you you can't be disrespecting the other teams that they've played, you know. But they have still scored three twenty one v meet and and two twenty three against Leash which is which is serious kicking. But like, a thing that I've noticed about Dublin is they're not. Scoring the goals like they used to get, I suppose. New life of Brogan and Jeremy Connolly, Kevin McMahon when he was uh, getting more game time, Michael Zarek McCauley Jack McCaffrey. You know, you know but they're, they're, they seem to be concentrating more on just getting the points. You know, but like if if Tipperary cough up oppor- or if 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 Mayo cough up off opportunities like they did against Tipperary, like Dublin could. Could, could annihilate them you know and that's something I suppose the whole nation don't want to see they want to see a, a competitive uh, All-Ireland final and hopefully going down to the wire
1: Yeah fine and you mentioned say the semi-final uh, again tip right and would you agree that say when you're in a game like that and you're winning it by 15-16 points that you're bound to take your foot off the gas a little bit, and Tip are obviously going to throw everything at the mantelpiece. So, yep. um, you know, it's, it's very hard to say, like, oh, they they opened up Mayo, but did Mayo take off the gas? T- they Took off players, took off McLaughlin, took off to remind them for the next day. You know, it was dragging home momentum, and I know as a player myself, in half your head you're kind of going, right, don't get injured for an Ireland final. So they're saying Tipperary really came at him, but I think it's more the fact that Mayo maybe took the foot off the gas, and just on an Eddie said like this. Dublin have played Westmead, Leash, Mead, and, and Cavan to get to this All Ireland final, and I think with these teams they have they're looking up to Dublin nearly too much and giving them too much too much respect. Mayo will not do that and have not done that over the years, and I think it might be a little bit of a different battle coming on on Saturday.
2: Yeah, well, I, I hope you're right, Haggy. Like. You, you got to look back at the Mio Tipperary game as well, In the first half, Tipperary had a couple of serious goal opportunities which they didn't take. Now, I know Mio did probably take a couple of, of their main guys off in the second half, but if I was James Horn, like players he brought on is probably going to be the players he's going to bring on the next day against Dublin. And like, if you're running through these, running through these Mio subs that are coming in. Like Dublin are going to score goals. There's no doubt about that. You know, so I, I'd say as, as my own manager, he, he, I'd be worried if I was him, you know, you know, because you're going to be bringing in your four or five subs because lads are going to get tired or injured or whatever might happen, you know. And, you know, maybe it's a good thing it happened, Taggy, in the semi-final that they can really sort of concentrate on, you know, getting defensively set up right, you know, and, and have things a little bit tighter against
1: Dublin. do do you feel that bench wise we all know the Dublin bench we know lads coming off Manion. these lads coming off the bench Mayo bench is not too bad like they have Higgins Boyle, Parsons coming off the bench so these are lads that can make a big difference as well
2: Yeah I I think them them couple of players you mentioned have probably seen better days in in the Mayo jersey they've been serious they've been serious footballers over the years but they haven't seen an awful lot of game time uh, this year you know and Whereas, like as I said, Brian Howard, Paul Mannion, Cormac Costello, Basquel—all all young enough, hungry, you know, and f- wanting to to make an impact on the scoreboard. Whereas, I I don't see that scoring power coming off the bench for me all than what Dublin can offload, and that that would be a worry to me.
0: And Frank is there is there any argument to I, I always I always try to throw this in and uh, the lads tend to not agree with me hugely but it is it's, <laughs> we wonder you is, is there any argument to have right in the dressing room you turn around and you say they had no shame. early in the game I want you to go out the field and I want you to pull on Brian Fenton I want you to absolutely burst them or burst Brian Howard do something and we'll get 30 men in the middle of the field and we'll tear lumps off each other for about 5 or 6 minutes and see what's in these Dublin lads because I've been saying it to Taggy this year I'm watching the Hurling Championship and I'm watching the Football Championship and I think COVID has made it the most loveliest game when was the last time you seen a proper belt getting fired in in a match where you looked at a lad and said Christ that lad's after been broken two halves of the shoulder they're not getting stuck into each other would you not is it not time maybe like did you see the the, the two semi-finals like a Northern team I expected Cavan to come down with the ultimate amount of filth and none of it it just didn't happen they were barely pulling jerseys would you not think maybe you know what City teams are like Frankie you know what yep. Dublin teams are like once you get in their faces you drive them wrong Taggy you must have experienced that Like did. They, they, yeah, no, they throw in the towel so quick like
1: yeah no for sure yeah and I think um, no one has let a glove on, on Dublin so far so I, I think that you, they may all need to do that to upset them do you think will they Frankie
2: I think they have to try and uh, do do something, Eddie. And I actually, funny you say that because I, I actually had that conversation with a guy today that we uh, all have to go out and just start an all-out riot. You know, break up Fenton, give him something that he's probably never, never experienced. Under you the know, likes a Conor Callahan, probably needs a bit of special attention. Kirk and Kenny, you know, uh, Dean Rock. D- these these type of players target their tar- target their leaders. You know, but. It's, it's easier said than done. You know, you don't want to come off with two or three right cards or whatever. But, you know, I, I think it's something that, you know, you you don't want to see a lad getting broken up, but you want to see you want to see a bit of physicality, getting in his face, upsetting him, you know, getting in his mind, you know, all that type of stuff, you know. But hopefully we will see it, Eddie. You know, like, you've seen it there with Kerry over the years, you know, like Sedaro, Shea, these guys, they'd, they'd break you up, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but if you if you looked at last year's
0: last year's wasn't it wasn't last year's All Ireland final it was last year's All Ireland final was a drawing game with Curry, um, like you, you know the, the they went in and targeted the Dublin full-back. they drove like I'd love to see um the likes of Cooper there because I reckon he's. His, his, his mind's not on it if you, if you get in on him at all he, you know he's there for the taking and I just I, I, I think that the, the Mayo lads the likes of Killian O'Connor and Aidan O'Shea if, if they were to go in and roughen them up a small bit in the full back lane but definitely the likes of Chris Barrett and Lee Keegan I'd love to see Lee Keegan just coming in now I'm not I'm not saying put someone in a hospital I'm saying just come in and, and, and plant them and start just rough yeah. them up I,
2: I think a good match up for Lee Keegan would probably be Dean Rock you know, that that'd be a match up for me. Um well, like Eddie, you're saying <laughs> going in there break this lad up, break that lad and he's up not and know, any like, football that, at all. That could happen and then, you know, if Dublin don't react you could be down a couple of players and the game could be over before it even starts. You know, so players have to be very clever. There's you know, the the linesmen are are, 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 are keeping an eye on Everton while they're supposed to be the umpires, you know, all wired up so it's you know, it's either all in or, or nothing. It's, it has to be full duck or no dinner, Eddie. Maybe something like Meo and me there back in—I I can't remember what year it was—where Lee McHale got sent off, and that, and that, and that probably lost the game for for Mayo that day. You know, so if, it, listen, it, if something happened like that, just, you know, it, it'd be great. It'd be great for the viewers, but you <laughs> go, you don't want to see an all-out absolute riot where there's thirty lads hammering the heads off each
0: other. <laughs> no, and, Frankie. So you're, you're you're going to you're going to call it. You've, you've made your Prediction early in the day, you're you're, you're going for a, a Dublin six or seven point win, but hoping that Mayo
1: could push them.
2: I, I Eddie like, like like everybody like every good Ga man, you, you you want to see a good final. You know, like we looked at the hurling last week, and sure, it, it was—you could say men against boys. You know, and I know nothing about hurling, but you know, I just sat down and said, "Sure, Limerick were just tying with the with, with the with the Waterford lads." You know, so it'd be great to—it'd be great for for football. You know, but I—I I just think that Mayo are. I don't think a was expecting to be in this position. You know, I was probably thinking maybe next year, or the year after, you know, building towards Northern Ireland, that Dublin, you know, Dublin might be losing the likes to Cluxton or whoever else Johnny Cooper, Fiddy McMahon, Sullivan's James McCarthy. I don't know, but uh, I just think um, they're, they're in bonus territory. And, it, and it's great for them to be in a final, you know, especially with the younger guys that are coming through and give them a, a flavour of it. You know, but I just think with Dublin's overall power and, you know, their. You know their work rate and their, and their hunger and intensity this year, especially against Mead in that Leinster final. Jesus, it was unbelievable. I, I I couldn't get over it. Eddie. You know, it looked like they were, didn't want me to score. You know, and that or even get a shot off. I just think I just think they're just so mentally tuned in, and you know they're 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 just so driven. I I just can't see anything barred a Dublin a win by six or seven points.
0: No fair enough Frankie Frankie uh, just on the last thing I suppose myself and Taggy were talking off air before we got you on the phone and Taggy was saying he thought that you know maybe you'd be he watched you moving on the field there he was looking at a few videos of you playing football and he thought maybe you'd be a, if you're a little bit younger maybe you're getting a bit over the hill for it now but maybe you're dancing with the stars in the future is that is that something you consider? <laughs>
2: Eddie are you for real Eddie, <laughs> Eddie give me about 20 pints and I might
1: do it yeah? <laughs> well that's what I was doing before 20 pints I had to do it on television then uh, you, you, you were able to
2: dance Taggy Jeez, you had the moves
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was all about the girls by making me look good that was what the signs about no one is watching me Eddie they are all watching the women
0: <laughs> Frankie an absolute pleasure talking to you enjoy the, the All-Ireland Final on Sunday and thanks a million for talking to us Seven Taggy tonight or on Saturday y- I should say y-
2: great to chat to you lads and enjoy the game
0: thanks thanks, thanks, a million Frankie thanks, now, that was of course common football legend Frankie Dolan I don't I've no doubt he won't be going for dancing <laughs> with the stars if I, remember, I can remember him by
1: I wouldn't think so but it's a, it's a gas there Eddie you're talking about me all roughing up Dolan you know, and on. we had Jerry McEntee in the dressing room over the years talking to us just kind of motivational talks and stuff like that and th- he told a story where he was so wound up and the mead footballer was so wound up I can't remember what I learned it was but he he, he the, the, the ball was thrown in and it was a big schmozzle and he struck your man a box in, in, in the jaw and he was sent off and he ne- <coughs> never forgives himself for, for, from that day because he just said it was, it was, they were over they were they just wanted to get at him so much and get in their face that, that he just saw red and you can't I know it's an iron final and you have to rough him up but there is a fine fine line
0: yeah, no, no, definitely. And I, I think I, I think sometimes I can overstate what I'm saying, but like you know, like if we were playing against yourselves next year, I'd be saying to my cornerback, go in there and That was
1: rough. last year already, right? well, didn't I?
0: But I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be saying you should, do you know what I mean? A big physical yeah. hit. I think look look I and we'll switch on to the hurling in a second, but I think if you have a situation in a football game, if 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 you watch Aiden O'Shea catching a ball at midfield and coming down, bombing down the field and, 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 and say for argument's sake Small or someone comes out John Small comes out meets him shoulder on and buries him hmm. that's given the Dublin team it's like scoring yeah. and likewise if John Small is coming out with a ball and he's met by Loftus or someone with a belt and the ball flies up in the air and he's down in a heap and away Mayo go the whole of Mayo lifts you know and I know you don't have the crowd to react to the, to the big hit but I just think
1: no, you're right. Players, players react and especially when the big game players get hit and get knocked over or lose possession. it, it it's, it's like a score. It, it really is. And I think Mayo are really going to have to do it. But like Dublin, they were saying like this, they're unbeatable and all this, but if you look at the stats over, over the years, you know, Mayo losing by a pint to 2017 the replay they drew with him 2016 final it was a draw again you know was always a point or two either way so like the stats I know Dublin are hammering teams, but they're not exactly hammering Mayo
0: No the only concern I'd have and it's something that I Probably taking my eye off the ball with in my passion and want so much for Mayo to win that game is the point that Frankie has said that there's a lot of young Mayo players coming into the team and it's a rebuilding job that James Horan's doing and this is year one and this all-Ireland final it might be like.
1: Look at the Camogie there, they had youth and that's now we're talking about the, of the youth was the difference. So. No,
0: this is it. Look, I. I hope for the GA and I hope for Gaelic football it's a close game because if, yeah. if Dublin go and win this by 15 or 16 points we're back to the whole shite of split Dublin into 4 and into yeah. 3 and into 2 <laughs> but and is this
1: is it you see if they lose one game then they're back to not even talking about it so is there change needed is there not change needed I don't know. I think
0: line. all these things move on, Taggy. You were on a Kilkenny team. There was never suggested that Kilkenny be split in two. I mean, the people of Tipperary would have felt to their knees and vomited <laughs> if they'd heard that being suggested. So, like 12
1: it. clubs, a Cedar Club <coughs> Kilkenny, a small county. It is, it is, it is. But I think
0: I, I, I've seen other counties where they've got 24 teams at senior and junior teams for Kilkenny you go up and bounce off team 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 so I think Kilkenny's club championship is phenomenal and they've also got the, the home of the three All-Ireland titles as well uh, at all club levels they, yeah, every they Whenever
1: title. they get out of Kilkenny they seem to do well Yeah, you know, I, I think doing. with good reason I think if you yeah.
0: win a Kilkenny championship you can take it for granted <laughs> to you have a decent team uh, at any level, <laughs> at uh, level as, yeah. as we both know Now speaking of Hurling we, we switch our attentions tag to the All-Ireland final Um. Probably, I suppose it was probably a touch of the inevitable in the end. Um, you know, I I think we'd all, we'd all hope for a, a close, ding dong battle. Um, it didn't it didn't fan out as that. I don't think it was. I don't think it's an all iron final that we were reaching to buy the DVD of and watch it again.
1: No, uh, I thought it's a poor game, Eddie. Um, I think to his men Frankie hit the nail on the head to his men against boys when I was watching the lads run out um, before the game started Limerick were just they were just like tanks now it's easy to say it now but they are just built like monsters and we're talking about Limerick not playing to their potential and things like that Well, they brought the, their A game I thought on on, um, on on Sunday and they wiped they absolutely wiped Water, I thought and um, brilliant display, half forward line, Hegarty, Morrissey, phenomenal and it's amazing the way we know how they're going to play and they still couldn't get the grips of them but even their run, they didn't track, if you'd have seen Kyle Hayes' chance at goal, Watford um, stopped tracking, they, they, they didn't run all the way and they can't be doing that like, it's just, uh, I just thought it was a poor game and it's men against bite. <coughs>
0: it really was, um, I got the match programme before the game I had it on my phone so I was able to scroll down through it and the frightening thing for me is I don't know if you remember the Rocky movies but Rocky 4 I think it was when Rocky went out to Russia to fight the <laughs> Russian and when I was looking through the Limerick team I was thinking were these lads built in labs or what's the story here um, Hegarty 6 foot 4 Yeah. Um, you know Tom Morrissey's one of the small lads on the team at 6 foot six 1 ones. but they've they've, they've they've, like Aaron Galan I didn't realise Aaron Galan's 6 foot 2 yeah. like these lads they're all and see they're all so big that you've no do you know the way if they had one or two really small lads you'd say geez, the size of him the big lad beside him yeah. but they're all so big but the point that you make about the, the we all know the way Limerick are going to play and you still can't stop them how do you stop a puck out that's been sent like a heat-seeking missile to a fella 6 foot 4 who's in the prime of his life running onto it and jumping if you're if you're 5 foot 9 or if you're 6 foot I mean their game plan it, it works to a T but ta- ta- like a lot of people are saying to me that this is and you probably won't like the point that I'm going to make but a lot of people are likening this Limerick team to the Kilkenny team that you would have played on right Mm. and I think anyone that's doing that needs to get their bloody heads checked they've won two All-Ireland titles in three years number one they've beaten Waterford they were drawn with Galway going into injury time in the last round they could have been knocked out Galway lost their two star players in an All-Ireland semi-final they were, they were drawn with Galway going into injury time I know they're a very good team but I'm going to ask you one question I backed Tom Morrissey to get man of the match in the All-Ireland final because I think he's been exceptional right he was the second best player on the day yep. uh, there's no question Garrod Hegarty deserved the All-Ireland man of the match Tom Morrissey caught a ball early enough in the, in the first half I think it was in the first half he got a ball he broke in on goal. It was the start of the second half. He broke in on goal. He was about 27, 28 yards from goal. No one in front of him. The full-back was stuck on the small square. And he tapped it over the bar. And I said, the difference in that Limerick team and the Kilkenny team of the the, the team that won the kind of five, six, seven, eight All-Ireland titles over a 10-year period, that Kilkenny team, do you think Henry Shefflin would have tapped that over the bar? Would Taggy Fogarty have tapped that over the bar? Would, you know, like... Is is it Limerick have decided that they're happy not to score goals? They haven't scored a goal since the the Munster semi final.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I <laughs> do. I agree. I, Limerick are playing in such a way that they're, okay, they're not going to force the goals, right? And they're they're playing like they, th- they scored thirty points in the Ireland, uh, Sunday. Like so that's <coughs> that, that's I talked about a two twenty five scoreline so it's the same thing so they're scoring their points from long range what they're doing is I wouldn't say they're the most exciting team but they're strangling teams into their own method of playing and people just can't get to grips with them and their style of play the, the way they they have two strategies they're trying to if they don't play into the full forward line they'll use the half forward line and the half forward line of Hegarty Morrissey and Lynch has been phenomenal this year um probably all be on the the, the all stars um seven pints from Hegerty and five pints from Morrissey uh, on Sunday was colossal so they're confident enough to take their points from long range and it's 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 killing teams and on the flip side of that then they're they're not going for goals because they, they probably feel they don't need to go for goals. Waterford didn't even get a sniff they got a sniff, but their First goal their goal ball. chances were meek enough now. To be fair, they're they're making a big deal. I thought Nicky Quaid, they were at right heights. They came in not a great pace, so yeah, Nicky Quaid, Quaid done his job and played well, but they were they were easy saves.
0: They they did have a chance of a goal, Limerick, and this is something like you can say it was a great save by um, Stephen O'Keefe in the it goal. It was
1: a miss by Lynch. It was. you th- should have caught
0: it. Well, definitely, like I mean, and it was perfect for the key. It's actually and I'm not being that it was, unfair. A, great, it was a great reflex brilliant it like, to react the way he did but he shouldn't have even been able to see it yeah. like that ball should have been flicked up and absolutely buried
1: there was there was a five against two in that attack uh, you had Kyle Hayes taking shot you had Lynch laying it off and then you had two other lights to the right hand side Keen Lynch should have caught the ball and stuck it to the back of the net. I don't know whether he was trying to be fancy because he knew he had time so I, I don't know what the case was but he should have caught and should have absolutely buried it but in fairness to O'Keefe the first save should have been made second save was a great reflex save You had to hand it to the man
0: Oh no, like 100% but again if, if, if a forward misses a chance like that fair juice to the keeper he did his job but he should never have had a chance of saving a Keane Lynch and I'm not, being, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be controversial or be hard on that Limerick team because <clears throat> I think I, I really enjoy Teams that put in a monstrous amount of work and a monstrous amount of effort getting rewarded. And it's clear to see the condition of them players, uh, to a man. And in fairness to to Kylie and his backroom team, I I, I actually it was a horror show. At the program they nearly needed a second program for the for the Limerick backroom team. So people go on about Dublin with the embarrassment, the riches they have. Limerick have a backroom team of twenty people.
1: Yeah, twenty people. Yeah, and they have an academy. Sure, look, it all comes to light after the All Ireland's what they have in place. They have a cavity in place where all these lads came through. They've after winning underage titles, win after winning minors, after winning under twenty ones. So they're in a kind of professional outfit. It since day one and that could be because of uh, the horse guy what's his name JP
0: McManus
1: Mac you know and in terms of JP he's just not horsing in money he, he wants to see benefits of everything I've heard stories about JP that you know he's, he's plowing in money but he's plowing in money if lads are putting in the effort on the other side of it like you know
0: yeah JP McManus I suppose uh he, like he, obviously he's a billionaire businessman and um, we're very lucky in horse racing that he's, he's hugely supportive. They say he's, he's a horse in every stable bar the one in Bethlehem which is probably the case. <laughs> There's more trainers in Ireland looked after from it. He's extremely passionate about Limerick and Limerick Hurling but what he does in horse racing and in life is what he's doing in Limerick as well is he puts in foundations and stuff. He's not going to just throw good money after yeah. bad. Um, so he's he's obviously put a lot of investment into Limerick and it's, and it's paying dividends but I, I mean taking the game on its own merits. You know, Waterford can be very proud of what they've achieved this year. Um, I mean, in fairness to their first season, but did did they get any of the tactics wrong on the day, or you know, is there something that you'd look at? You know, what 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 should Waterford have done this differently? They were beaten. They were beaten by double scores in an All Ireland final, so we have to kind of analyse that.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I felt they were definitely, especially strength wise, they muscle, but I felt the work rate was just very very poor. You know, and I talked about the the winning their hard ball. And you know, and as you said, we can talk tactics, we can talk tactics until the, the, the cows come home. But if you don't win your 50-50 battles, you're you're going to be cleaned out of it. And so the big name players that we're talking about before the game, say the Hutchinson, the Stephen Bennett, uh Tiger oh, obviously he went off. You know, Callum Lyons, these are all like potential all-stars, and then in one game they just fizzled out and, and weren't even seen. So we talk about guys taking the game by the struff of the neck you talk about maybe Kilkenny contributing to, you know, that two sixteen that Waterford uh, scored against him to make him up to be this brilliant team. They were a very good team, and they will be around. But are they a great team? Yes, no, because they were absolutely found out in Ireland. I
0: I'd agree with you. I think a player I've been very hard on all year, uh, Austin Gleeson, was by a distance their best player on yep. the day. And um, to be fair to him, Um you know, he 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 went out and he hunted and he worked and he done his best. But if you just take it and like like Callum Lyons. I, I said it to you last week that I was I, you know it, it's well documented that Callum Lyons has got lots of scores going forward and he's very good but I, I've had lads that I've worked with before and they always say to me if you're a back your job is to stop the forward scoring not like if you're playing wing back and you're marking me and you score one point or you score five points and you're down the pub later on that evening saying you scored five points and someone says well the lads you were marking scored 110 did you have a bad game and to be fair to Callum Lyons he's had a really good year this year mm. but the two wing backs were absolutely cleaned
1: cleaned absolutely cleaned out of it and if you look at at the flip side of that right the men that were doing all the catching Stephen Bennett and and Fagan the first ball that was landed down on top of Fagan and Burns Burns caught it sold it right up the field and delivered a great ball into the full forward line that's setting down a statement that's saying we're not going to be bullied here today That's, that's all that mentality thing that Limerick brought to it and I don't know whether Watford just thought they were going to show up and just perform like they did against Kilkenny in the second half or, or what the hell, but they, they were definitely lacking kind of that, that momentum. Now, Limerick squeezed them. They didn't allow it. And Limerick played a near perfect game in what in the way they played, the, the strategy that they play, the short hand passing, like even their scores, Eddie. Like they took scores. Flanagan got the first score off on the sideline. Gillan over, over his shoulder on the sideline phenomenal scores just being slotted over the bar. And if there's a crowd there, they would have been going crazy. But there was no crowd, so it just looked a little bit easy. <coughs> phenomenal. Yeah,
0: but like even at one stage, and I have to like I, I think again, and I'm not it's not going to be let's promote manager's day on on on, on, on the podcast. But like, like moving moving Kyle Hayes to wing back um this year in the championship, you know, I, I actually think he, he he's really it's it was a brilliant move. And yeah. he he was probably the third best player on the pitch do you know you're three players that probably put in man of the match performances but his runs from wing back and it's it's something that irks me now he's another monster of a lad I would not like to have him running at me at no. 50 miles an hour but at the same time he, he seemed to have the freedom of Crow Park it, it almost looked to me like there was a massive opening in the field go into that space
1: yeah you're hitting the end the head there how many times have you see Hegarty even on his own in the middle of the field like on his own and then Kyle Hayes making runs on his own because Watford just stopped up and it wasn't the lad on the ball. They were chasing the guy on the ball. it was the runners off the shoulders that they didn't track for the overlaps and for the for the for to give the good ball into the into the forward line. They're the guys that weren't tracked, and that's where Waterford I thought ultimately nearly lost the game. So if 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 you if you were
0: to look at the game again, if Waterford were allowed to play the game again, mm. it would there have been an argument for Waterford to fill the middle third of the field? Um like it's it's easy to say it in hindsight, but the, the problem I have with this is if Limerick had played any other way, I would have been stunned. Their, their puckouts generally are hitting their, their wing forwards. That's the target. That's why you have two joints of men there with it. I know you can go with a short puckout. Waterford's puckouts early in the game they drove them long down on the Limerick half back line. Yeah. Now, they'd played Limerick in a Munster final three weeks beforehand and they tried that and got beaten. Mm. So, why try the exact same thing that got you beaten? you know, surely you have to look at it and say we lost the last day and what happened was Waterford set up the same way as they set up in the Munster final and Limerick beat them by more because Limerick improved.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like they, they, had, they had no real plan B but it was for me, it was, the, it was the overturn rate of Limerick. Kilkenny um, did not tackle Waterford in the semi-final at all they let him run right it was the overturn rate and it was the puck out strategy that Limber, Watford were on the ball but straight away they were being tackled by the, the Sean Finns or even say if you look at the full forward line that Hutchison and them guys weren't doing the Galans and, and Mulcahy Mulcahy made a mountain of runs like he was taken off but he was, he was out on his feet he was out of making mountain runs out in midfield so it was the tackling and it was the overturn rate that really frustrated Waterford. I think Waterford scored 8 points from play you know so like that'll tell you straight away that they didn't have time they were probably under pressure they were taking snapshots you know kind of water maybe of old a small bit and then talk about the bench no one really made an impact off the bench at all whereas Limericks did
0: Yeah and the Waterford bench in fairness had been making impacts all year and again and I'll be I'd probably be shot for saying this but if Waterford had played Galway in the All-Ireland semi-final do you think Waterford would have been in the All-Ireland final? No I think Galway would have won You know and I think Kilkenny Kilkenny probably and because like, we look back and look well done to Limerick and fair but Kilkenny you know had a f- pretty by their own standards had a pretty poor year in the championship this year they were I, I think bar 15 minutes of magic against Galway were yeah. pretty poor Which in that game home, yeah. uh, the first half against Dublin they were very good the second half they were abysmal and then against Waterford did a very good first half and a very poor second half Waterford played four games in the championship I think four games or five five games in the championship they played Kilkenny Clare wasn't it Clare yeah Clare yeah yeah. Um, Limerick and Limerick
1: Limerick and Cork and Cork, Cork
0: so, so to beat Cork who wouldn't be in my oh. estimation anywhere in the top four nice, nice team Clare wouldn't be any in the top four and then they played a Kilkenny team who who in fairness were way off it
1: exactly yeah that was my point exactly even before this they, they, they didn't they, when the real challenge came to them and the only challenge they got was in the Munster final against Limerick and as you said Limerick beat them by four points that day and they were a little bit subdued. So, like, maybe we're, (laughs) see, it's amazing, hindsight is great, Um, but Watford weren't the team that we expected them to be, I thought.
0: No, I think, I think maybe I think we can get carried away and we can get excited and, and we
1: can get carried away about Limerick and I think you're dead right this thing of a dynasty and all that <laughs> they still need Hegarty in a monster final to win a free and catch a ball against Galway they were very close to the last 10 minutes uh, Joe Callan was taken off Mannion was taken off so you talk about physicality and big men Galway shoved it up to them just as much physicality as any team did during the Championship. So it's a fine line. You talk about dynasties and stuff. Yes, they have two leagues, two Munsters and two All-Irelands in three years. But there's still flaws and there's, I still think they can be taken with a team under that. I, I I'd agree
0: with you and I think I think Galway... I think Kilkenny I think Tipperary as well. Like we 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 do forget about Tipperary because they well, got Tipper knocked out too early.
1: Next, yeah, see this is what <laughs> happened. <You forget laughs> the Champions. They come on and win it the next year after. You know,
0: so I I I think I think Limerick won't have it all their own way. Um you know, people can get too excited about it. It's it you know.
1: Yeah, now the th- the thing is, I feel with Limerick now, right? I think say from their own perspective, in their own headspace. They're nearly, they're nearly competing against themselves now, and I've seen that kind of Wickel-Kenny when we're winning a lot of the time, and when people are talking about them, and when they're in the media, everything is going well. So you have uh, Reedy going to the gym, you have Gillan going to the gym, right, them boys are coming out, you're going in going, have they done an hour or two hours? Well, I'll do two and a half hours. You know, this is the mantra that's going, that's going to be going on, and this is the kind of, this is how you, you raise the bar, it's by lads testing each other without even knowing they're testing each other you know diet wise and I know they're all on that already but it does raise the bar because you want to be on that team because you know there's potential to play in Ireland nearly every year
0: Yeah I think I think it's going to be intriguing what's going to happen over the next two or three years I think in Kilkenny you'll see you're going to see a resurgence there you're going to see a resurgence in Tipperary
1: You are but there was a, the under 20s are out this weekend yeah. and there's only one Cordy's the only under 20 fella on that team from the senior panel you know, and that for me is a burn. In my time there was eight or nine lads on the under twenty one team.
0: And i wonder is it because of the condensed championship have they
1: Yeah, possibly so. Maybe I, like, I know Waterford played it, last maybe night in his career it's the extra year, just under twenty one for us at the time, so it's under twenty now, so they are a little bit younger. It's gonna be very hard for eighteen and nineteen year olds. You have to be exceptional. I think there's only Cha and JJ played nineteen at, at Kilkenny, uh, in my time. So maybe it's the extra it's the extra year and maybe it's the less time. Maybe to prove themselves during the year, possibly.
0: Yeah, I, 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 hope it's the case because, like, I think, I think in Club hurling in Kilkenny, it's in a great position, and yeah. when you've got Club hurling, you've a foundation, and hopefully you can kick on. I think, like hurling, look, like let's let, genuinely, Limerick won one game convincingly this year, um, we've been saying it all year that they never got out of fi- into fifth gear. I don't think they were in fifth gear again. On now, I've listened to some people telling me they played the perfect game. Kilkenny scored three thirty in an All Ireland final against. Yeah. against Waterford, Waterford I'd yeah. say that was closest it was so close to being a perfect game to gave Man of the Match that day to Brian Cody two so um, players were just... I was just going to say
1: was there any players particularly disappointed with I think them? Eddie Burden scored I think 2-1 or 2-2 that day so he, he definitely lost out in Man of the Match award I'd say he wasn't too happy <laughs> but
0: it, like you know and I think the, the reason RT gave the Man of the Match to Brian Cody on that day was they felt 15 Kilkenny yeah. players went out and gave a perfect performance I'm going to say 14 and who was in goal that day?
1: <laughs> it wasn't going with was the David Hurley. It wasn't going.
0: I, I don't know, but yeah. I do know what it is? must
1: have been. P.J. Ryan, because he's in the year after as well. Yeah, maybe P.J. Ryan? at
0: which brings me to my next question: Is the All-Stars and and they, they had the hurling team of the year, and it's important that I I, I love the hurling team of the year. Um, the first one on the team sheet is Nicky Quaid, and it's going to be the first one I'm going to disagree with the selection. <laughs> of course, on it is. It's like you to be controversial. No, it? but like he plays in goal for Limerick. They've okay. the strongest full back line in the country. Yeah, they've the strongest half back line in the country and they have probably the best midfield and the strongest half forward. they have the strongest team in the country. How many shots on goal did Nicky Quaid have to deal with this year?
1: Yeah, well, this is it. And the shots that he had to deal with basically are kind of um, mishit shots dropping into the goalie, which you should be dealing with anyway. Um, shot that, and then and you look at their Ireland final, they were nice heights. Uh, they weren't that They weren't that strong. And I suppose I'd be looking straight away at kind of James McGarry in behind uh, Noel Hickey and JJ Delaney and things is it unfortunate that he's not pulling off these wonder saves and not it's because of such a good defense in front of him now you have to remember Nicky Quade nearly won the Ireland for Limerick uh, 2 years ago with that great block um, yeah yeah on, no no on but but Corkman so <coughs> i suppose the way you'd look at Nicky Quade now is he's a solid goalie oh he's brilliant he's a super keeper but this is the the team who who would who, you go who else well Stephen o'keefe no, the goalies this year were poor the the, 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 the i thought the, the standard of goalkeeping or maybe it was the standard of shots or the standard of lack of shots Maybe that was contributing to it.
0: Maybe it's the ball is too light and lads are shooting from ninety yards, so we're yeah. not getting to experience the, the the fun and thrills of it, and the hurls are getting better. But I, I I think Stephen O'Keefe can count himself very unlucky, and I'm going to put it down to the double save in the All Ireland final. I think if you're going to look at different things and you'd say, you know, un- ultimately the two big things I'd say to you is he kept a clean sheet against Limerick when they were absolutely dominant against them in an All Ireland final and a Munster final. He conceded no goal in the goal against against Limerick in two games, yeah. and he made an absolutely worldly of a double save. You know, we both agreed that Lynch should have picked the ball up and absolutely took goalkeeper net and everything out of it And you know, he doubled on it. To I don't know, did he want the the, the camera sp- shots? Spectacular
1: camera shots, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Possibly, if he had to go in, sure it would have been brilliant. Oh, all this
0: and watching reruns of it for the rest of his life. Yeah,
1: but like he have to be scoring them to be fair. But I don't know. I, I I I would go for Nicky Quaid. Um, I think O'Keefe. I think was it in the monster semi final? Um, you know, was it getting clear? I think he lay in a dodgy one. I I just felt. I just said, yeah he but off. Would you give it to him for one great save in an Ireland final? No, it has to be consistent for the whole year.
0: I'm giving it to him for two clean sheets against Limerick uh, in, in in a championship with a team that let's let's call a spade a spade. They, they, they obviously you know the, their backs are they're decent, but they're mm. they were still porous enough. But you're the expert in the hurling tag. It's 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 your job to make the big calls. Supposed so be, they I, got they I, got that right. I go they, for Nicky. Yeah. I would. So if yeah. you said they got it right, we'll have yeah. to go with it. But Love I think it. you're wrong. And <laughs> um, so the the full back line. Then we've Sean Finn. Dan Morrissey and Dottie Burke
1: yeah um, I think it's hard to know what Dottie Burke two games back he played brilliantly in the two games to be fair to him but is the All-Stars an All-Year thing or is it a semi-final final /final stage where a lot of them get picked from I think Sean Finn for sure uh, definitely cornerback I think he could. He in line for harder of the year. That man is brilliant. He yeah. marked, he marked Hutchinson twice. <clears throat> he marked Hutchinson in the in the Munster final. Gave him nothing. Gave him nothing in the All Ireland final. Absolutely brilliant. Dan McCarthy the same. Like if you look at full backs in general over the over the year, did anyone else stand out as such as a full back? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh no,
0: I couldn't. I, I... Sean Finn, I'd take it every day of the week. Number two, Dan Morrissey, 100% full back, definitely deserves it. Doherty Burke, a cornerback. Now, I'm going to say it to you, I'm going to ask you straight out. Young Nash, that's been playing cornerback for Limerick this year in the Championship, he didn't get on the Team of the Year because they'd already got three Limerick players on the Team of the Year
1: and they had to be seen to be impartial. Like, did he lose out on it because the other two lads got it? Uh, I I don't think so. I think Doherty Burke was a leader for Galway and I think he did step up in the two games. And you talk about Nash. I'd be looking at maybe Flynn from Tipperary and I know Tipperary got knocked out in in the quarter final stage I think it was but that Flynn he was absolutely brilliant Alan Flynn yeah. uh, absolutely brilliant they brought him out to midfield he was the only one making an impact and if you watch it over the last year or two very very little gets, gets, gets scored off Flynn and he I felt was one of Tipperary's best fo- best cornerbacks so Pfft, Dottie Burke made it more in championships the world's semi-final stage did he get it over that are lads losing out because of you know do you have to give it to someone else do you give it to a full full, full backline of Limerick
0: probably can't So can no so we're into the half backline we'll disagree on Dottie Burke I think it, Galway have one player in the team of the year and I think it's, 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 it's to me it's stunning that Galway have one player in the, in the team of the year and Kilkenny do you know what a bit of tokenism
1: yeah yeah. well look if, if you look at it, I suppose we're going to head up through the forwards and stuff but like Galway before the semi-final you're talking about Mannion you're talking about Conor Whelan you're talking about Burks and not one of them even get a mention now you no. know, it's, 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 it's it's amazing and, and Carl Mannion was absolutely phenomenal for Galway this year I It
0: guess. was brilliant he was brilliant in the all Ireland semi-final I'll come up and fight with you in that in a minute now But <laughs> <laughs> so so we're going the half-back line then Dermot Burns tied to Burka Kyle Hayes.
1: Kyle Hayes, no brainer, absolutely. Uh, in for Huller of the Year as well. The man was phenomenal. Uh, great tactical uh, decision to bring him back, wing back. Um, to just bring that forward presence is, is, is massive. Toyg de Borca has been, yeah, Waterford's leader. He got taken off, obviously, not to his own fault in the, uh, the All Ireland. And uh, Dermot Burns, I thought, was brilliant as well. Callum Lines, that's that's probably the question there. Uh, phenomenal year, all year long. Poor All Ireland final. Did he lose over because of that?
0: Um. Yeah, I think I think in fairness, to Callum Lyons he had a, he did a brilliant year. Um, and he was probably like, did
1: Ty Burka have a brilliant all Ireland final? Well, he didn't because with well, off injury, twenty three minutes he was taken off,
0: and for twenty three minutes he was getting a fair old
1: scotching as well from yeah. um uh, Lynch from Lynch. Yeah, and see the thing with Ty Burka is, he drops back, but sure as we all know, the Limerick full forward line smothered him straight away, so he wasn't having the same impact as he did no. against other teams.
0: No, but I think to be fair, is I he a
1: loose, like he's brilliant with loose ball. But well, I've never seen him playing brilliant when he's man on man 50-50 you know. But that's uh, his game.
0: I think I think it's it's someone that doesn't play in that position mm. generally hates the person that gets to play in that position. Austin Gleason got hurled of the year playing in that position four
1: year ago. Is that right? Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, he got
0: hurler of the year. Yeah. In a sweeper role, and I did ar- have the argument before that if you're marking nobody and you're playing in the backs, you're going to look pretty good because the guy you're meant to be marking is.
1: <laughs> well, be in in the full
0: back line at the other end of the field, he's yeah. not going to score. But I think, in fairness, to tie to work We all wish him the best, and I hope his injury is yeah. not too bad. He deserves. He deserves. Ah, he, to be was, on the team he was the, the
1: leader, yeah, and I think he does deserve to be centre back. Yeah.
0: Um, into midfield. This is this is where now from here up the field. This is where this, <laughs> this my is head is ready gloves. to explode. This is where the boxing gloves are. <laughs> so Keen Lynch, who's been playing, uh, centre forward for Limerick all year is midfield with um Jamie Barron from Waterford. So the Limerick midfield, neither of them get into the all star team of the year.
1: Is yeah. is that is that fair? Um no. I, I, I think uh William Dunhu uh, should have been in their midfield. I think the, the two midfield parents of Limerick go underrated and unnoticed because they're not scoring all these brilliant points. They're not Probably you know winning the high balls, but they are scrapping, they're making runs, they're deflecting players from from, from different sides. And For me, like what, like Keen Lynch sent the forward all year long and then they put him in midfield. For me, William Donovan should be there. Jamie Barron, I felt Jamie Barron does deserve the nod at midfield. I yeah. felt he was, yeah, I did. I felt he was, um, he was their runner, and I thought up to the Ireland he was making things happen from midfield so I would put him in there.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd happily have him in midfield but he'd have to be paired with Will O'Donoghue for me in midfield or the other person he'd have to be paired with is Tony Kelly who was playing midfield all year for Clare.
1: Well this is the, like for the Sunday game there the other night they were having three midfielders and to be honest I think it was a bit kind of we'll do something controversial <coughs> because the game is changing and I, did, I didn't agree with it I thought they should pick their full forward line. I should pick their half forward line. The team lines out on paper as two midfielders. Pick your two midfielders. So if you're going to pick a midfielder, Tony Kelly was named corner forward all the time for Clare but played midfield. Yeah. So do you pick him corner forward or do you pick him midfield? You pick him where he 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 plays, plays, yes. Yeah, so Tony Kelly midfield. Yeah, for sure. So, look... So some team goes out now next year and decides to play. like, but th- They could have had Tony Kelly midfield. They could have put TJ Reid in the forward. At least he'd be a forward and Key Lynch into his position.
0: Well, see, I think the problem that I have with this is I actually think like it's it's actually getting to the stage now. And if the, if the All-Stars end up looking like this, it's a load of bollocks. Because what happens is a lad goes in a corner forward, bursts his ass all year a corner forward or goes in a full forward and then he doesn't even get a look in for team of the year because they have to make room. Now, don't get me wrong. Tony Kelly is most deserving of being on that first 15. Mm. But Jesus Christ, you can't just squeeze him in anywhere. I mean. And they should have done. Why don't they put Stephen O'Keefe corner forward? Sure, he was the second best goalkeeper in the country.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they put Stephen, Stephen Bennett in corner forward, and he's been half forward all the time. Yeah, but yeah. this is like, like
0: the, the half forward line, right? <clears throat> My daughter at home would have picked this half forward line. And anyone that wouldn't agree with this half forward line probably needs to, to sit down and watch some <laughs> of the games again. Uh, Garrod Hegarty. Stonewall certainty at one wing Tom Morrissey is Stonewall certainty on the other wing and it's like it's unfortunate to say it what we have is and and don't take an insult to this now Dottie Burke is your token Galway player Mm -hmm. okay Tony Kelly in a corner forward is your token Clare player that's the little pat on the head and Kilkenny's token player is TJ Reid
1: no, I don't agree. No, he deserves to be on the team. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't believe... I think Dottie Burke is a bit of tokenism there maybe Dottie Burke and with TJ Reid. No, you're missing my point. TJ Reid
0: deserves to be on the team. Yeah. But we've only got one Kilkenny Hurler on... The team of the year. Who else would you put on it? Well, like, I think if you looked at it through the, the whole course of the year, Park Welch had a had a very good season. I think as but good was he as as
1: good as Dermot Burns or Kyle Hayes.
0: I think he might have been as good as Ty Burke. I think and, 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 like, if we're allowed to just push him anywhere, I could have played him corner back instead of Dottie Burke.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you you, want you want do, do you do that, know, that. What I mean? I know what you I
0: just, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him in yeah, and no, I'm not being biased towards Kilkenny because like Cahal Manion, like Aaron Galan is down as full forward there. Hmm. He scored four points in an all Ireland final. He went into the game injured. He's he's had a He's had a tidy enough year, but like Callaghanian for Galway, like Galway were Galway had a pretty decent year themselves. I know they got beaten in the Leinster final, got beaten in Hurlers final. Actually, when you say it out loud, it wasn't that decent. <laughs> <laughs> but but had no silver There was nothing. <laughs> uh, but neither did Waterford. Um, but but they 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 didn't win it. And you're right. Um, but. Like Colin Manning must be looking at that team and thinking
1: he is but Colin Manning was taken off in the semi-final because he was injured and didn't make an Ireland final and the All-Stars are picked on the biggest days of the year really semi-final final stages is a lot where the picking is done whether that's fair or not is a different story
0: oh no oh, oh, look I agree Stephen Bennett full forward line, definitely deserves his All-Star yeah. he'd a poor All-Ireland final by his own standards that he'd set for himself but Great
1: yeah, year. Yeah, no, yeah? De- definitely. No, Stephen Bennett, definitely. Sure. Like, he's in hur- He's, he's in line for a the year as well, even before the Air Ireland. Like, you can't just take it off him just for one game. No. He was poor in the Air Ireland, but definitely he was the only man that, against Kilkenny, he took about a his scruff from Neff, dragged Waterford back into the game. Uh, he, even the Munster final, played well. You know, he, he was solid all year long. So, Stephen Bennett, for me, definite.
0: Aaron Galana, full forward. I'm his biggest fan. I absolutely love him as a player. I think he's had a, I think he, by his standards, he's had a fairly average year.
1: Yeah, has... Did he
0: score a goal in the Championship? He did. He scored a goal against... I'm going to say in the, in the semi... I think it was against Tipperary. I think he scored a goal. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, yeah probably it, the only time actually Limerick did score goals actually. I think they scored two, two that day. I, think, I backed actually.
0: him scored score the first that day anyway so I don't know. He, he did score the first. <laughs> <laughs> That's so
1: But look, I think Aaron Gillan deserves it as well. He, he was their go-to man. Galway snuffed them out a little bit um, because of the sweeper that they played but I think with Limerick their, their two game plans is isolate Galan and get Galan on the ball he scored four points in the Ireland final he won a lot of hard ball as well so I would I, I would have him on the team
0: and then the last position on the team we both agree he deserves to be in the team Yeah,
1: but not, not corner forward he should be out midfield you know uh, who, who, else, who else would you put in who, who you know Connor Whelan from Galway you know he was, the, he was their go-to forward you know, apart from Joe. Seamus Flanagan. If you're picking Seamus on two Seamus
0: games, um, yeah. you know he was quite good. Graham Mulcahy. I have to say, we talked about this before. Graham Mulcahy is the go-to substitute. He had a good game on 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 yep. Sunday, and yet he's literally <laughs> curly finger time here you come we're making a substitution we're not going to take off either of the two boys in the full forward line so we'll take off you
1: yeah he is he nearly fallen into the thing of I'll work my socks off and it doesn't matter if I score and I'll be taken off and that's really my role now
0: I think he is because I'll tell you why Limerick are playing with two inside in the full forward line and he's out the field yeah he is um, out the field always like, like if you take it and I always look at the betting before the games for the first goal Aaron Galan was 4-1 for the first goal in that game um, Seamus Flanagan was 5-1 to for the first goal in that game and Graham Mulcahy was ten to one to score the first goal, which which would tell you the bookmakers don't get it too far wrong. Well, that's
1: that's that's the game plan they're playing. That's that that's what they do. And I think if you look at the substitutes coming on, the the Reedies and, and the Pat Casey's, they're more direct forward. So I think Kylie is getting the work rate out of Pat Mulcahy. He, he, he's running around the field and then when everyone's tired, he's putting on the more direct players to get scores
0: no I, 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 100% and I think probably it is at the end of the game you get entire cornerbacks and stuff they've been given the around,
1: and then you have these lads coming on and in fairness the lads are coming on for Limerick they, they, they'd make most teams in the county they'd make the Kenny team I mean, and all that
0: yeah and that's the same I suppose the same argument you have when you come back to the football the Dublin subs should probably make most other teams in the country too and probably big panels
1: would. yeah yeah and as Frankie made a good point about maybe the the, the the substitutions for Dublin are a bit more youthful a bit more hungry maybe the, the guys in the Mayo team are a bit more past it
0: they might be a bit over the hill, but I can assure you the hunger will most yeah. certainly be there after being starved for going on five thousand years since their last All Ireland win. It's uh, yeah. hopefully tag on, on that note <laughs> we leave it for today. But hopefully this hopefully, weekend that that yeah. goes to spot the bed. I'd love to see them winning. I'm sure you're the same, are you?
1: I'm the same. I work with a, a company there up in Mayo. They're a staunch Mayo men, and a, the thing with them, right? Every year they just they they, they think they're going to win it. They genuinely do, and it's it's uh, I don't know how to com- to comrade them or. Just just as go well, lads are absolutely <laughs> you have no clue what's going on but every year they get behind him and they say this is our year and I'm talking to them all week long then and they said this is our year and they'll pick every omen out of the box I think they're even adding up Covid um, numbers there until they come up to 51 years without the cup and all this cracking they're, they're they're just mad but I would absolutely hope for the, for the game itself I would like my own to win it
0: I, I I'm with you on that, but unfortunately, Tag, I think I think it's 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 the hope that kills you. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> and I, I say, look, I, I would be going for the look, I'm not a big football man, but I just think the them have too much in the tank.
0: No, but well, sure, look fingers crossed, hopefully yeah. they'll have a bad day, may all have a great day. Look, thanks a million for for joining us again today and uh, Tag Sherlock sure, we'll be rounding up the, the the end of the year. We'll have a little bit of a review of the club championships and stuff at the next week for the for the last show of the season and 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 get in and kick in and enjoy Christmas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, an intriguing and interesting year and I can't wait to discuss. Awesome.
0: Oh, brilliant. Thanks a million, Taggy. That's from yourself and nice. Taggy here on the Clash Act, and we look forward to talking to you again soon.